0: and finding the happiness you deserve. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. This is Gemma. I am up by myself
1: early here to entertain you or maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe share, maybe educate, maybe, I don't know, co-collaborate here on this idea I have. This is a crazy idea. I've mentioned it before, I think we're going to be going a little deeper today, although I don't even have a clue what that means. But I've been feeling in me this amazing kind of like waking up and it has to do with it has to do with owning things and that it's This conditioning to owning and having, which is keeping us from truly connecting with all that is. Because in owning the little things, in owning the things, right, we are separating. We are finding ourselves um, creating barriers or separateness between us and other and all that is. And this really... Oh I'm sorry, I'm releasing, I'm doing all this stuff. This fascinates me. This fascinates me. And I and I don't I don't I don't quite know anything, right? I don't quite know anything. This is like really out of the box. And it's funny because um we think, oh, if I don't own this, if I don't own that, I'm not gonna be able to provide for my family or um but I don't know. Like I just don't know. I I'm I'm really curious it, about this the freedom that comes from living purely in inspired action. I almost feel like it's it's perfect, you know, like there's a perfection in it and like there's almost nothing to say about it. That's almost what I feel too, like there's just nothing to say. If I didn't own my things or my house I would be free to go where inspired action told me to go because I wouldn't second guess it. Wow I wouldn't ask myself oh uh, do I have to do anything do I have to do something not not like wow okay so now I'm following this or now now I'm doing that I think it's when we begin. To like lose everything that we recognize the true freedom that we have. And it would be amazing to be able to recognize that freedom before we lose everything we have, right? To be able to feel it, to know it, to disconnect, to disengage, to let go of our attachment to things, attachment to people. You know, can't people just be you know, beautiful, welcome energy. And as they, you know, go their own way or journey, it's all good. Oh, see, I don't know where all this yawns are coming from. I think it's coming from, um, from this podcast because this is pretty big for me, you know, because I, I want, it's like, I'm self-employed and I'm building business and I'm building a life for myself and my daughter. And at the same time, I'm coming into this information that says uh, you don't need to own anything. And so if I have things that I own, wow, this is building momentum now. I know you don't hear the momentum, but I can feel it. It's almost as if, it's almost as if the yawns are in the way of me actually voicing what's coming up, but uh, yeah, so I I feel as though I'm the one, okay, so it's a matter of owning the things without an attachment to them, and what does that look like? It looks like, well, if it burns down, it burns down. If it gets stolen, it gets stolen. Um, I... It's interesting because we spend a lot of time, a lot of energy managing all of the things. And if we are invested in those things, we are making them God. We are making them. We are substituting them for connection to all that is, to source energy. Isn't that just amazing? It amazes me. It totally amazes me because how come it's so simple and yet no one ever taught us this? And it's only for me through the experiencing of the um, unattachment that I'm getting it, that I'm recognizing it. And it's still elusive, it's still like just barely there. It's really wild. But happiness isn't in how much is in your bank account. Happiness isn't in how big your house is or what kind of car you have or who you're married to or how many kids you have. Because these are all part of this illusion. I'm wondering, I'm just curious, like this is this massive matrix, this uh, electrical matrix that we're in, this frequency matrix that we see create with our minds. So if we took away the matrix, what would be left? Would sense of community be consciousness? Would that be what it was? Would love just be, I mean, all there was? Would there be nothing else? This is fascinating to me because that is, um, I, I just, I want to be aligned with my truth. I want to be aligned with consciousness and all that is. I want to be fully in my inspired action. And so I feel as though I do, and this is what The Course of Miracles teaches, I do have to undo the belief in the illusion. And so I have to really come to terms with what is the illusion. Is nature the illusion? Like or all of these things around me representations of consciousness hmm to me it is very fascinating and i uh i think it's a feeling process we feel our way through through the not knowing you know because honestly this is so bizarre and i just had this i just had this little vision that we're feeling in the dark, you know, to understand this. And that is a pretty huge thing considering we think we have eyes and we can see, but we're actually feeling in the dark. Mm. It, I, earlier I thought of this film called The Gods Must Be Crazy and part of the film, there was like a war and part of the film. There's all these different scenes. But part of the film centered around this tribe somewhere, I think Africa. But it was a, a, such a remote tribe. They had no contact with civilization. They were just a small group of people that lived very happily together. And they had their rules and they had their laws and all of that. But they they thrived very independent, and no one owned anything. They lived in nature, and everything was of equal value. And it's interesting because even the um, in, in our country, I stopped this Amish guy one time at a counter. He was at a deli counter, and I guess he was getting meats for a funeral they were having. It was some event where everyone was providing food, and... I don't remember how it came up, but it came up this idea that the women all make the, the different salads. And I'm from a place where, oh, so-and-so made this salad and I want that one. And, you know, they know the different flavors of the different salads based on who makes things, but it's not even salads, it's cakes. So, but I was from a small town where they, people differentiated food and whose they would eat based on who made it. And I think I mentioned that to him. And he said, well, they have um, negated that issue by the fact that once all the women bring their salads together, they're all mixed together in one bowl. So again, there's just no separation. There's no ownership. Like, oh, so and so made the salad. There's no ownership. Isn't this so amazing? So in the gods must be crazy. Um, a plane flew overhead and these people didn't know what a plane was. It was such a remote thing and they didn't know and they didn't have any comprehension of it. It just was like a bird. And then uh, the pilot of the plane threw a glass Coke bottle out of the plane. Like this was like a, a four seater plane or something A twin, you know, like a prop engine plane. And, uh, he throws this Coke bottle out and one of the tribe people find it. And this is a man-made object and there's only one of it. It's not of nature. It's just a one-off. And he picks it up and he starts to look at it. And it's, you know, those old heavy duty Coke bottles And he's looking at it, and he's figuring out what he can do with it, and he's finding he can do different things with it. You can blow in it. You can use it to smash vegetables. So he brings it back to his group and shows them. And one person would have it and be using it, and then another person would come by and grab it, and and they would try it. I don't know if they had a word for sharing because everything was freely given, and it was given from nature. And so they had this one Coke bottle, and it started a very, very much war within the tribe. And not a war as we know it, but a war of separation. And so then um, the, the leader of the group asked this man if he would take the Coke bottle and throw it off the edge of the earth or something like that. It was so wild. So, um, or bring it back to the gods or something. And um, so this man began this excursion, this uh, journey to return the Coke bottle so that his tribe could be happy again. And this is like all seeming so pertinent today because of all of this separation, I don't know if you can feel it or not. I don't know if you could close your eyes and just imagine having nothing and being free to just walk. Mm. If no one owned anything, what would that be like? I mean, it just out in Virginia, near where my parents live, which is a very kind of like middle income area. Middle, yeah, I wouldn't say upper middle. Yeah, there's there's some upper middle income, but it's a very middle-income, upper-middle-income area. And when I found out that there was people living in the woods, like these um, Spanish people living in the woods, I was like, holy mackerel. And when I say Spanish people, I use it to mean people who speak Spanish. That's it. (laughs) It's not like they're from Spain. But there are people who speak Spanish living in the woods And they were living in tents and whatnot. And I had a hard time understanding this because it seemed to me that you had very prolific uh, police and you have people who are all about, this is mine, this is mine, this is my land. So I was just baffled how there was even a place for them to live. But it turns out these people couldn't afford homes. They couldn't afford housing. And the homeless shelters restricted, like having, you know, any alcohol. And so these are men who worked hard. And when they came home, they believed that they should be able to have their beer after work or have what they want. They live in America, gosh darn it. They should be able to have a drink if they wanted to relax and wind down. And so um, they chose instead to live in the woods with their families. And there would be groups, these church groups that would bring them things or donate things to them to help them out, especially in the wintertime. So um, yeah, this is like, it's a really interesting thing for me, and I have a feeling that I'll be given more information about this as time goes on, because I I don't know, it just feels like there's we're headed in a certain direction, that something is happening. You know, I heard, there's all these little pieces of information that I've received over time, and this one man spoke about the human psyche as being able to like have or know 150 people. That's the comfort zone of the human mind to know 150 people, hence the small tribes. And you would know your enemies and you would know your friends and you would, you would know your family, but 150 people. So in his, in his mind, he was kind of voiding out all the Instagram people and, and the Facebook. And he was saying that is what is causing stress and overwhelm on top of other society issues. But because we are watching TV and those people become our people in our no group, we are following people on Instagram, they become people in our no group. And and they're not even physically in our lives. And yet we claim them as, as some of our 150 people. So you can see how quickly this becomes overwhelmed because you do have neighbors, you do have real family, you do have work colleagues, you do have school colleagues, and family, like extended family that you stay in touch with. And now we're adding on to it all of these matrix relationships, matrix being these things are existing only in this matrix, they don't exist beyond this. So it's all so fascinating to me. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to bring it up so that people could start to feel into this ownership and, and uh, outcomes and the um, expectations we have for owning. And those are the things we want to shed. These are the things that keep the rich man from out of heaven is his insistence on owning and hoarding these things of this, of this 3D world right? So anyway, it's fascinating. We'll go deeper soon, I'm sure. It's just kind of like, wow. Wow. All right. On that note, you know I love you.
0: I'm sending you big hugs. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye now. Thank you for joining us on That Happiness Show. If you'd like more information or have questions, you can reach me at jemmafossett.com or 401-699-6142. Private sessions are available as well as retreats. It is time to wake up and learn to love yourself again. Thank you for listening. This is Gemma Fossett, host of That Happiness Show.